0: Hi, and welcome to the Fellowship of the Withered Hand. Uh, my name is Kevin Penry. I've been privileged to work alongside John for the last several years, and it's such a blessing. Uh, when asked to share my favorite uh, of John's messages, uh, this is the one I've chose. It's uh, Humility One and Hubris Zero, uh, where John uh, celebrates the unusual concept of celebrating the gift of not knowing versus us creating the illusion of certainty. It's a great message. It goes all the way back to what we had to learn in the garden and have been trying to learn ever since. So welcome and enjoy Humility One, Hubris Zero. So the word for today is humble. The invitation today is To live easily in the reality of not knowing, in the gift of not knowing, as opposed to the illusion of certainty. Dallas Willard writes in The Renovation of the Heart that modern humanity lives in a rage of moral self-righteousness and that the farther we get away from the person and message of Jesus, the more a spirit of superiority of uh, moral distancing and condemnation marks the way that we think and the way that we act. Friends sent a really interesting article quite recently in the New York Times. And it was about uh, an annual celebration of a festival of hubris. And it was about the NFL draft. Now you might not be into the National Football League, but this actually relates to all of us. And the writer was noting how uh, very often teams are marked by a sense of hubris that they're able to predict the future, and that they and they alone really know, with any given person, how they're going to perform in the future. And so there will be teams, he noted one in 2018, I won't say who they are, but it was the New York Jets, where they traded away four draft picks to just move up three little slots in the first round to get the quarterback that they knew would be great. And guess what happened? He turned out not to be great. And then on the other hand, the most successful football player of all time, Tom Brady, was picked 199th when he was drafted. In other words, 198 times people said, nope, not him, not him, not him. It turns out that teams who are willing to be humble Who are willing to say, well, we'll give up these higher level draft choices to get more choices later on because we really don't know who's going to be great and who's not. There's just too much uncertainty. The teams who are willing to humble themselves end up doing quite a lot greater. And the teams that live out of a sense of hubris, arrogance, I know, don't do well. It turns out, the writer of this article says, the world is messier, and harder to understand than we in our hubris, in our pride, in our arrogance are willing to admit. And we see this all over the place. We see it in the stock market, when stocks rise or fall there will be analysts who immediately and very confidently say here's why it happened there was a report about joblessness or something that came out from the fed or trade conditions on the other side of the world if you're so smart and you know exactly why the market does what it does why don't you figure it out ahead of time and make a gazillion dollars or we look at what's going on in covid when people get all fired up about they know exactly what the right thing is to do And it turns out that it was just a lot messier, harder to control. And and there's a good reason for that, which is that we are not God. I am not God. C.S. Lewis wrote that pride is actually the anti-God posture of life. He says that other sins, unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness, are mere flea bites in comparison to that drive that I have to say, I must be God. I must be in control because pride puts me at odds with other people. I must be smarter, better, stronger than you, than the people around me in order to feel satisfied. So it's the opposite of love and it's the opposite of God. So we're invited not into a life of hubris. I know. I can figure it out. I'm strong enough. But into the way of humility. And this is the way of Jesus. And it was a very countercultural way from the beginning. There's a book by John Dickinson, he's a historian in Australia, called Humilitas. And he takes some time in the book to point out that in the ancient world, humility was not an admired virtue. Aristotle talked about the great souled man and because they lived in Greece and Rome and elsewhere in the ancient world in a shame-honor culture where the job was to accrue honor to yourself, status, prestige, rank, and to avoid shame, lowliness, humility, uh, perceived weakness. The, The virtue that we think of as humility that's quite popular in our day in the West was not at all regarded highly in that day it was something to be avoided and so he asked the question where did the shift take place why is it that today generally in the west we look up to humility whereas our forebearers in the ancient greco-roman world looked down on it really interesting here's what he says uh, I was involved in a research project at Macquarie's University Department of Ancient History, exploring the origins of humility as a social virtue. The modern Western fondness for humility almost certainly derives from the peculiar impact on Europe of the Judeo-Christian worldview, the teaching that God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble that is woven through both Old Testament and New Testament. But he he notes, uh, this is not a religious conclusion. Macquarie is a public university with no division of theology or even religious studies. It is a purely religious finding. I mean, it is a a, uh, purely historical finding. And he goes on to say that this is not simply traceable primarily to the stream of Judeo-Christian thought, not even primarily just to Jesus' teaching. It's traceable primarily to one event, and that is His death. His death on a cross. And we might reflect for a moment on two amazing evaluations of crucifixion. One is from the Roman writer Seneca, Seneca who lived and wrote these words uh, in virtually the identical time frame as the Apostle Paul. Seneca wrote, because crucifixion was the ultimate form of humiliation reserved for slaves, can anyone be found who would prefer wasting away in pain, dying limb by limb, or letting his life drop by drop, rather than expiring once for all. Can any man be found willing to be fastened to the accursed tree, long sickly, already deformed, swelling with ugly tumors on chest and shoulders, and draw the breath of life amid long drawn out agony? I think you would have many reasons for dying before mounting the cross. Can anyone be found? And one was. Jesus who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God to be grounds for grasping, to entitle him to assert his privilege for his own comfort or status or honor, but rather poured himself out, became in appearance like a human being, took on the form of a servant, humbled himself by death, even death on a cross. And therefore, God has exalted Him and given Him the name that is above every name. There is a great reversal, uh, a complete turnaround in the way that humanity would come to regard humility. And it is traceable primarily to the person Jesus and especially His death on the cross. So now the invitation today is for us to enter into His way and to trust the cross. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's best. I need to be as wise as possible. I need to get good counsel from friends. I need to think carefully. But there is a gift in not knowing. Because if I can hold on to poise and trust in God and faith and joy and love as I walk through the day, and trust that God knows what He is doing, I will grow way more than if I had the illusion of certainty. So today the Word is humble. I was at a grocery store recently and um, getting food and there was somebody working behind the meat counter. And I realized all of a sudden, I did not even look at that person as a person. I was just preoccupied with what I had to do and he could have been a machine. And so to pause and think, oh, this is somebody's son, this is somebody's brother somebody's husband, maybe, with a life and dreams. And I could just talk to him for a couple of minutes and joke and enjoy. And I wish I was far enough along that those things were now habitual in my body. But I'm working on it. I was with a group of friends and somebody mentioned the name of somebody who is kind of known in church circles that we're all a part of. And so part of me just wants to scream, I know that person, I'm important, look at me. And another part of me can check my spirit and say, No, for crying out loud, don't do that. Just shut up and don't let everybody know how important you are and you get a little freer and you come a little more life. Today, perhaps the words, I don't know, which would make many NFL teams perform at a much higher level, might be good ones for you and me to hang on to. Today is about the day of humility and following the way of the man on the cross. Not the illusion of certainty, but the gift of not knowing. Let's practice it. Guard your heart. Hey, thanks for joining us here at BecomeNew.me. My name is Tim, and tomorrow is our last day of this series favorites. It's been so fun to share this journey with you looking back, and we got things to look ahead to. Tomorrow we are going to end things with your pick, the community favorite that was voted on in our Facebook group and people have been texting and emailing. So we're excited to share that moment with you. If you want prayer or you want to talk to somebody, we would love to connect with you. You can text us at 855-888-0444. You can also email us at becomenew.me at gmail.com. We will see you tomorrow for the finale of this series favorites.